to another edition of the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford here and joining me on this edition, my man, Jamie Walker. Jamie, how you doing, my man? I am good, B. I'm good. How are you? Oh, man. I, I am, uh, you know, allergy season down here in Florida is beating me up, man. I I am uh, leaking. My, my I'm leaking like a faucet every five seconds. So, <laughs> so I will apologize early. Because uh, last thing I want to do is leak out on the uh, on the video. So if you see me, you know, doing this, it, that's because it's about to it's about to flood. So I'm hey, just, man, you do what you got to do. <laughs> I, I, I know that's that's the one thing you can't hide when you do uh, when you do video. You know, it's like if we were just doing audio. It'd, it'd be what it's going to be. It's like who would care? But oh you know, yeah, yeah. With this video thing, you know, it's kind of like okay, we got to put up a put up a good showing. So. Um, week number four finished up and we're heading into week five upcoming as we record this. So we got a lot to talk about. You know, we haven't had a chance to really rap about week four. Um, you know, and I, and I know, you know, this because you, you're out there broadcasting games. As a matter of fact, shout out to where uh, you were, where were you this past weekend? Well, I was at Albany state, uh, as they hosted, uh, Clark Atlanta. I was, uh, doing the, uh, color commentary um, on ESPN Plus, so that was a treat. That was that was cool. Um, the game wasn't very good, but but I mean, you know, finding stuff to talk about in the you know forty nine point blowout uh, <laughs> is is different. But um, uh, wonderful experience. Wonderful experience. Yeah. Well, hey, congratulations, man! You made it to the you made it to the four letter network. You made it to the big I team. guess. <laughs> I guess that's what you call the, it. The other four letter network, right? You that's know, right. Uh, the other four letter network. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So uh so you were you were doing the Albany State Clark game and I was in uh Mobile at the um, Gulf Coast cha- uh Gulf Coast Challenge between Alabama A and M and uh Tuskegee. And uh, you know, I'm always reminded about the differences in cultures and just just crossing one or two states, man. It, it, it can be a completely different world almost sometimes, you know, and, and that's the beautiful thing about the South, man. You know, uh, Florida is not like Georgia and Georgia is not like Alabama and Alabama ain't like Florida. It's just, it's just all different, man, you know? For sure. Yeah, so uh, good. I, I You know, I had a probably... I probably had twice as many points in my game uh, than you did. So let's kind of talk about those two teams because it's funny. We're both covering probably two of the 
uh, right now at this point in the season, two of the top tier teams in uh, what we like to call the division one level and then the under D one level. So let's start with kind of Albany state who I thought, you know, what coming into that game, I believe they're what two and one just finished up uh, uh, probably the most competitive game that Valdosta state had played all season. And then they kind of, you know, put it on uh, Clark, you know, Albany state appears to be back after a 2019 where they kind of took a backseat to Savannah state. What's your evaluation of Albany state from what you saw? Well, a very balanced team. Uh, and what I do gather from them is uh, it starts with the quarterback starts with that, that running game. Uh, Deontay Banu, uh, who's a quarterback of Albany state, uh, you know, redshirt sophomore, uh, really the, fl- the, the, the field general for them. Uh, it's a balanced team that is able to run the football effectively with three or four running backs, uh, Marquise Fultz being one of them. Uh, they run the ball downhill. They run the ball with the option. Uh, Bonda will run the ball, but, you know, Coach Gabe Gardenia wants to run the football, and they will at will. And so that is um, how they kind of set up their offense to go with their play-action game. And as long as that running game is cooking – um, they they really, you know, make it difficult for any team to kind of come back on them um, in relation to shortening the game, you know, running the clock, you know, but they'll also throw it over the top too. I think over years, um, they always had the reputation of of just running the football well. With Banu and those receivers, and they have a lot of them, um, they also will throw the ball over the top after, you know, just pounding – the football the entire night or for a little while, they'll, you know, throw it over the top too. So uh, on defense, you know, they get after the quarterback, uh, you know, they have a, a really good linebacking core who, um, you know, their front four keeps, you know, offensive linemen off their linebackers, their linebackers flow well and they cover well. So I, I think, you know, when you're looking at this team, it, it's not sexy uh, as you would, you know, having, with other dynamic offenses, but what they do, they do it well. And they are, you know, at the, um, you know, at the class of that um, SIAC East. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm real interested to see where those uh, contests and I know Albany State's got some, some good matchups upcoming starting with this weekend. And, and then when it comes time to have to do battle with Savannah state and, um, Benedict, who I, I think is much improved. I'm waiting to see, and Fort Valley. I mean, to be honest, I mean those are those are all three tough contests that they will be uh, in front of Albany State. So it'll be interesting to see if Albany State is that kind of if they are the playoff caliber team that we knew them to be. And and Gabe, uh, uh, Coach Gabe Giardina, he he's a, a hell of a coach, and and he's it's funny watching a team like your, 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 your game was a running themed game. Mine was a passing game. And it's so funny that running the ball seems to be this uh, what's the word. It's, it's almost become a novelty now, you know, teams who run the ball like that have really become a novelty because so many other teams are just spreading out and throwing it all over the field. But at the end of the day, 
what seems to be working most is when you can run the ball well, control the line of scrimmage, rarely do you find those teams taking L's. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Whenever um, you can, you know, do those kinds of things, you're, you're, what you're saying is exactly right. It's a rarity that you have a team that just wants to run the football. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it because you oppose your will on another squad. If you can't stop them from running the football, there's nothing you can do with them primarily because it does everything else for the team. It gives um, an opportunity for um, that team's defense to rest and be able to be there all against your offense. Um, the Albany uh, Alabama A&M game, um, as I think back to, to that game, I, I continue to, impress upon people the first half is right now where Alabama AM is showing their dominance and and I I even uh I I would say if you start looking ahead this upcoming weekend um and I think they have is it grambling this week yeah. um you know look at look at whatever the first half line is get those points away because Alabama AM <laughs> puts up points the second half is where they have troubles, but you know that was a game where you know it's funny, Jamie. You know we did this thing uh, where we do this uh, offensive and defensive player of the week, and I mean now here's a game where 80 points were put up on the board, both the nearly a thousand. I probably right at about a thousand yards of total offense from both teams, um, you know. And you're like, who am I going to give a defense player of a war uh, of, of the of the game to in a game where? One team scored 45, the other scored 35. Nobody really had a defensive touchdown, uh, no special teams touchdown. It's like, you know, Tuskegee had a couple guys with 11 tackles, but yeah, you should have 11 tackles when you're chasing around those uh, wide receivers that A&M's throwing out around all day. Uh, so yeah, there should be guys like that. And I, but I don't think that qualifies anybody for a player of the week. So, you know, I, I know we, we didn't have one. We ended up going with two offensive players, but I felt kind of bad. I, I, you know, I got, we, you know, you see comments and I don't know if you're a, if you read comments and things like that afterwards, but I just, I happened to read a comment and somebody was upset about the fact that we didn't name a defensive player of the week. And I'm like, what game, what game did you watch where you thought <laughs> there should have been a defensive player of the week? I mean, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. I, I totally understand where you came, where y'all came from uh, with that because that was interesting. I I I, I kind of peeped over at the score. And I'm like, okay, all right, what's going on? Okay, and I think going into it, everyone fully expected, you know, A and M to blow out Tuskegee. Just judging by a few games that you saw, but give credit to him, man. Tuskegee fought fought back and made it a game. You know, when you have those kind of in state rivalries, and again, you know, kind of going back to um the SIAC media days. You know, uh, <laughs> I know we keep talking about, you know, A.D. Uh, Willie Slater against football coach Willie Slater against, you know, he said we were going to be playing these, you know, money games this year. And, you know, it hadn't, you know, come up roses so far with those. But I tell you what, give credit to his team. It looks like they're improving along with, you know, going into this and getting this kind of experience against, you know, uh, D1 squads. And, you know, hey. Right now, his team is fighting. Well, they've got two quarterbacks that um, 
the sophomores and the one quarterback and and they're both named Williams. So go get that. You know, you got two quarterbacks that are sophomores and the name Williams, a uh, no relation. And so the the second Williams, who was the backup, was the one who was the more productive quarterback. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think Tuskegee is getting right. They they've got a running back now that I think they can lean on. The passing game looked pretty sharp. Um, they just, you know, they just fell behind, and then they had a couple of, couple of bad fumbles and turnovers at the worst time. And so, you know, when, when you have that happen to you, you know, bad things happen. Um, let's go back for a second as we're starting to recapping from week four. You know, obviously we're recording this on Thursday night. Um, you know, it just saw. You know, obviously we got a live game going on, Prairie View and UAPB. And we just we just saw uh, UAPB score a touchdown I did. after after being down fourteen to three. And l- looking back at that game, what surprised you? I'll tell you what surprised me about last week's game, Alcorn UAPB. What surprised you about that game outcome or just the game itself throughout? The the outcome because UAPB dominated. Um, through three and a half quarters, <laughs> and, well, well, through two and a half quarters, because you know, for everything that Fred McNair has gone through um, with with this squad and just this program in general, and just the athletic program, I think that it says a lot that his football team, after really getting drugged, you know, for for the first second and. It, like I said, two and a half quarters for them to come out and right the ship. Um, and, and if you looked at that game, they never worried. It was never a panicky type of situation where they said, I'm going to do this. They just kept doing what they do um, behind Felix Harper and, and the rest of that squad. They couldn't run the ball effectively early. And it's just how the outcome, you know, was I think they they came and took it away from UAPB versus it being given away or whatever, I think the Braves showed their resolve and said, you know what? We're still the champs until someone takes it away from us. And in some people's opinions, you know, you know, they don't give much credence to the spring. You know, I, you know, we, we, we've been in those circles where people really have that attitude. And so, you know, they consider themselves the champs until somebody takes it away from them. And they played like that. You know what's funny? I, I'm going to push back a little bit on I, – I was of that same thought like you, like UAPB controlled that game for two and a half quarters or maybe – I would even go back. I would even drop it a little bit less and say a quarter and a half because the two there was two major stats that, that stood out to me. Um, one, all of the scoring by UAPB came in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. And, and that came from – two touchdowns, a field goal, and a pick six, right? So that's four t- uh, four scores, uh, and probably when you look at a field goal, if they would have scored a touchdown, you know, we, we may be talking different. But outside of that, they what, what made that second quarter look so bad for UAPB or, or for Alcorn is five sacks. Hmm. Uh, uh, Harper got sacked five times in the second quarter alone. And so – that when you go and look at that, you're like, wow, you know, you guys didn't do much. But on the flip side, it's the it's the Alcorn defense 
that really only get themselves only gave up nine points after the first quarter. They gave up a field goal in the second. I'm not going to put the block punt on them in the third quarter. And they gave up a touchdown in the fourth quarter and they held on a fourth and uh goal in that fourth quarter as well. Yes. So that team in three quarters, that defense uh, forced some mistakes and they held them to nine points. And so has it, it's like if special teams done boo-boo on themselves, the offensive line, once they figured themselves out and, and Harper actually kind of got going, that second half was a blowout. And then the story, and then the narrative kind of comes out in the coaches press conference that uh, uh, UAPB had kicking troubles, which I, I, that we, we all as journalists failed all across the board <laughs> by not uncovering that story earlier. Right. Don't you feel that way? It's like that. Cause we all talked about it, Jamie. Everybody was like, well, if you would have just kicked one more field goal or yes. if you would have, you missed extra points on field goals. Right. And, but you were going for two. When you lose by one, you start adding up the, the points you left on the field. And how and I don't know whether no anybody asked or nobody uncovered it, but for the coach to be the one to come out on a Monday, four days later, and say, Yeah, our kicker was hurt. That was the reason why I went for it on fourth down and we had troubles. And you're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> That's what happened. I'm like, man, we all failed. I mean, journalism, yeah. journalism failed that night, right? <laughs> That 24 hours after the game, journalism failed. This is true. This is true. I mean, but it was said during the broadcast. I was wondering why they didn't kick it at the time. So I guess coming out later and I guess, you know, having that explanation um, was helpful in that way, I guess, for us to understand it. But, you know, it, it is what it is at this point. But I, I still – you know, that three that three points, and you could have added those points to it, and maybe that would have, you know, created a different outcome. But there are a lot of opportunities to make stops in that second half um, for their defense that, that didn't happen as well. Yeah, so it'll be, you know, what what's the old saying? One play, one person doesn't doesn't make or break or define a game. But, uh, and, you know, it, it – I don't it's know about certain- this – <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. It kind of look it. that way if you really if you really look at it. So, um, and so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this game tonight is because Prairie View coming off the big win against Grambling. Uh, let's kind of transition over to that for a second because Grambling now has only scored. Let's see, they scored sixteen points week one. They went two weeks, almost nine quarters without scoring only scored 10 points against Prairie View. And so now, you know, the, the rumors start floating around about the hot seat for Coach Fobbs. What's your take on Grambling um, after that after that disappointment? I, I, I thought this was going to be the year where uh, Grambling and Coach Fobbs get it right, but I, I may be wrong about that. Well, I mean, I tell you what, you were the only one of the only ones that picked. I mean, you know what? I'm not going to say you were the only one. It was surprising that a few people picked Grambling really after the tumultuous spring they had to be up there and right and, and kind of right the ship and be back um, in contention. But I think when you don't have when you make a bunch of wholesale changes 
along with not having um or not being sure who your signal caller is going to be it's really hard to say you're going to compete in that swag west who's very competitive now you're looking at some teams that are you know prayer view being one of them you're looking at um all you know uh Alcorn being over there now you're looking at you know a bunch of different teams who are competitive and right now you don't have this i think you just look at stability when it comes to grambling not being um not being there enough for them to be regarded as one of the competitors in the west i think when you look at the way that again you know jeremy higbottom who was there you know up until the spring you know now at tennessee state um bringing in a new quarterback bringing in a new offensive staff uh when you're making those those wholesale changes and it only went from the spring until you know now you know they haven't had enough time to develop they they still get after you know after it on defense and i think that's a stable of where their program's always been. But I think when you look at the way that um, they've had those kind of changes, I just don't think they've had enough time to gel. And so, you know, to say they were going to be competitive um, this early on, I think may have been premature just based on who they have. But I I think they just have not had enough time to get themselves together. And it's unfortunate because, you know, we've been told by by some people that the fan base is restless. (laughs) And so – when you have that going on and you just simply you're going to run out of time versus having the time you need for um, all parts to jail. Yeah. You know, no, nobody. And, and so my, my thought there, when we talk about, Oh, the fan base is restless. I'm like, you know, here's Fobbs who makes 300 something thousand, I think, you know, and your school's coming out of a pandemic. I don't know if, I don't know if you can financially afford to let him go and just be sitting on, I don't know what the con- the whole contract situation is. So I don't know if you can, if you're, if you can afford to just sit out there Now, obviously money talks. So, you know, let there be a booster or something out there who's willing to pay it. Cause that's usually how it gets done at other schools. But if a booster wants it bad enough, well, he can shell out the money to cover the base of that contract. And then guess what? They can send him on his way. But, you know, that, that's a lot of money to sit on. So, it, you know, it, it, it depends on how much is left on the FOBS contract before they make any kind of move. Flip it on the other side, though, Prairie View A&M playing right now, looking good, uh, coming into this tonight's game with a 3-1 and one record. Uh, really surprised at what I'm seeing from Prairie View. And and this could be the kind of game, like if they close this game out against UAPB, they, I mean, look, they're sitting in a, in a, in a great spot going into the rest of the year. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I, I think, you know, you're looking at this team, even, you know, as we speak, being able to do some things, getting a quarterback, you know, the um, Juwan pass from, from Louisville, a transfer from Louisville, who's coming there and, and really, has given them uh, a breath of fresh air as as far as what they're able to do um, and and shaking up their offense and making it dynamic. But I think they've always had really good coaching. Uh, I I think they've, you know, in the, in the past few years since Eric Dooley has has come in, you know, has had really good coaching. It's just a matter of personnel groupings and, and just having the right folks at the right time 
to be able to come in and just build this thing right. And, you know, when you're in the same division as Grambling Southern and, and others who've been, who've been dominant, um, along with some others that have come in now, you know, you, you kind of get lost in the shuffle. But I'll tell you what, right now they're making a whole lot of people, you know, as they scored again, <laughs> as we are yep. looking at it. Um, yeah, pass, another another uh, another run by pass. That's now, oh, yeah. I think that's two rushing touchdowns for pass. Yes. So, uh, I mean, looking at them, you know. Um, oh, no, it's a throw. It's a, it's a toss, touchdown throw. But UAPB has, has, you know, succumbed. And, and, and this game is not over by, by any stretch of your imagination. No, but, no. Hope you took the over. Hope you took the over. It's <laughs> <laughs> already got, right, 29, 20, 30, five point. <laughs> 30 points in, in, a, in, in like two and a half quarter and one and a half yeah. quarter. Yeah. But, yeah, they, they can take that place that, you know, UAPB was in for a year or two you know, as being that next team. And I'll tell you what, they can score with anybody. So as long as you can score with anyone, you have a chance. And with Grambling not really performing and being up to snuff, they can take that next spot. Now, I don't know what they, what, you know, what a game looks like with, with, with Alcorn right now. Um, I'm trying to imagine what that looks like. And we'll see what happens um, going forward, um, you know, with this game and others. But, you know they're well within range um, in the um, in the SWAC West. Uh, Coach Dooley, in those first couple years when he took over, you know he had Jawan Tucker and uh, or no, uh, Dewan Tucker, Tucker, yeah, and and Jalen Morton. Mm-hmm. Very, I mean, I mean, as many people was focused on Dewanya Tucker, Jalen Morton reminds me. Well, I should say Jawan Pass reminds me of the Jalen Morton type of quarterback he had. And so while the offense was clicking, the defense wasn't quite there. Then when those two graduated, all of a sudden he comes in, the defense is looking pretty good, but the offense is not there. This might be the year where even with a couple of guys who left on defense, I mean, just imagine if those guys, uh, I think there was two of them, Story Jackson and another kid from Prairie View who left. But just think if those guys don't leave. How bad are, I mean, we're talking, I mean, already Prairie View is up there in the top three in a lot of people's polls and rankings. Uh, this might be, look, I, I don't know the schedule offhand, and I don't know if they got Alabama A&M on their schedule, but I'm, I'm already looking forward to seeing how far Prairie View goes because this, is, this, this might be Dooley's best team since he's taken over for uh, Willie Simmons. This might be his best team. Um, real quick, Jackson State went down to a against a Division two team, Delta State. It went all the way down to a fourth quarter defensive stop from the seven yard line. Uh, much to do about nothing, or what concerns you about Jackson State, Jamie, from what we've seen thus far? Nothing really concerns me. I think that defense is as good as um, anyone in in FCS. Uh, I'm I'm gonna just be honest with you. Um, I think you you as a football team run into those types of situations because they were up early. You know they they held Delta State. You know out of the end zone for a long time, and I think that you know they've always played competitive. 
You know, it wasn't going to be a, a, a blowout per se, although it was, it was trending that way early on. But I think that um, it's a good wake-up call um, for them to come back in conference. So I don't think it's much to do about anything. I think Jackson State is is just, you know, people getting some film on them, people, you know, seeing what they do. And so they're going to have some tough stretches. But, but I think, I think you know, with, with that's a, a veteran coaching staff. And what I mean, not necessarily veteran with, with you know, Jackson State, but, you know, they have some really good coaches um, all, all the way around. So I think um, when you're talking about that defense, they'll keep them in a lot of games when the offense, um, you know, kind of is lackluster or, or people have figured them out. Two things that worry me about Jackson State. One, they're not – well, I should say one thing worries me about Jackson State – it's their running game. Their running game is just, I mean, it's, I, I don't even know if it's an appetizer. It's more like a side dish for that offense. And I think that, that may, who knows if that will come back to hurt them because the, and the reason why it might not, you got a guy in Shadur Sanders, a freshman. You saw what his completion percentage is? 71%. Yes. Holy cow. That, yeah. I saw that number and I was like, what really mm-hmm. I, that is ridiculous jamie i mean i yes. i mean that i mean it's number four in fcs but it man for a freshman to but then again it's an it's an offense he knows he's been running it for the last three four years so there's comfortability and you know you know turnovers don't really affect you sacks don't affect you i mean i know he had four sacks against delta state uh he had a couple turnovers against um uh in the FAMU game he had a couple turnovers but they won that and overcame him he had a turnover too against Louisiana Monroe uh but still I mean he 71 percent is like whoa and that that's impressive as hell so uh yeah the, the running game and 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 limiting turnovers from the quarterback position might be the two things that worry me about Jackson State, but I don't know how many teams have the guys that can 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 deal, you know. And and so uh, I, I know they got some contests coming up against uh, what Southern and Alcorn and UAPB, and I think that's their three West teams that they play. So those will be real interesting. They probably got the three best teams from the West. So if anybody's going to trip up Jackson State it's probably going to be one of those three teams. I, you know, I don't know what the Alabama A&M game has in store for them, but that'll be interesting to see. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back from the break, we're going to get into talking. Um, we're going to may- maybe just put a bow on week four, go through the uh, BCSN players of the week from week four, talk a little bit about the polls that are out there, uh, especially the HBCU pro sports media poll, their top 10 uh, get into a little bit later the debut of the BCSN top five. A lot of people, this the official debut of the top five. You know, we don't do top tens. We don't do preseason. We kind of wait for the season to play out, crunch the numbers, see who looks like what, and then we put it out there. So it might be a little controversial. Our poll has known has been known to do that. So we'll see what uh, what it has in store coming up out of the break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. We'll be back right after these words. Follow the Black College Sports Network 
on social media at MyBCSN1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MyBCSN1. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford joined by Jamie Walker here as we kind of put a bow on uh, our observations from week four and get ready to roll into week number five coming up this weekend. Uh, two, two things I want to make note of, Jamie. Did you see the numbers put up by two quarterbacks on the under D1 level, one at Langston and the other at Lincoln, Missouri? Uh at Langston, Raquan Washington put up eight touchdowns or accounted for eight touchdowns, four passing, four rushing. I see you shaking your head in an 85 to six win. Holy cow, Jamie. When's the last time? I don't think, I think there may have been one other guy who got, let me see, Bryce Witt over at Shawan got seven, but I don't think any, I think eight is the season high. That's crazy. Ridiculous numbers. The only time I've ever remember somebody throwing for those. Well, you know what? It was a guy earlier this year. I forgot what school it was. Presbyterian or somewhere. Yes. Threw 10 touchdown passes this year. Yes. But it just reminds me of like like, um, Andre Ware and David Klingler when Houston used to to score all those points in the Southwest Conference um, back in the day. So, yeah, but that's crazy. Like, what defense? I may as well be seven on seven. <laughs> well, you know what's a funny thing when I when I went and looked at the the the, the scores here, Langston, who's now four and zero, in the uh, NAIA Sooner Athletic Conference, they scored three touchdowns in every quarter in that contest. So, mm. by my count, I counted nine scores. So somewhere I don't know. Three, six, nine, twelve. You do the math. Somewhere my math isn't right. But anyway, they scored 21, 
20, they scored 22, 21, 21, and 21 in every quarter, right? That's how, that's how the four quarters broke down. They had three fumbles they lost. So I was trying to do the math and say, okay, how many drives? So, I mean, what is that? That's, that's, that's 12 drives mm-hmm. out of 15. They, nobody, there were no punts. So it was like you had 15 drives in a ball game. You scored 12 touchdowns and you fumbled three times. That that's how efficient that offense. And I, you know, they played somebody called Arkansas Baptist, which that might have been playing. That that might be they might be worse than Sisters of the Poor <laughs> and that school. What well, that school from up in Atlanta? That school that uh that, that school from Atlanta that 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 snuck their way on ESPN. No, that wasn't from Atlanta. Uh, you talking about Bishop Sycamore? Oh, that was <laughs> that wasn't Atlanta. You were like, no, don't put that on. Uh, us. Don't put that on. <laughs> Listen, there are some schools. <laughs> right, they Listen, might be worse than Bishop Sycamore. I, I want to talk about that one day because, first of all, Bishop Sycamore is not that is not an isolated incident. Please understand. <laughs> really? Okay, we have those to talk prep schools. Yes, yes, there are plenty of them, but um. Yeah. But yeah, it may have been worse. <laughs> are, are you? Where are you with Langston now? Langston is drawing a lot of buzz. They were, they had, they moved into the number one spot in a lot of polls and a lot of under D one polls, uh, Division two, NAIA, or however mid major, however people are categorizing it. Where are you with Langston? I know you're a voter in the uh, HBCU Pro Sports Media poll. Where where is Langston? in your view at this point in the season? Um, they're still they're still quite up there for me um, because, you know, you can't ignore what they're doing as far as um, beating people. You can't, you know, help who you play, per se. Um, who, you know, the opponents they faced, they, they've beaten soundly. And so I think they deserve um, a look and deserve, um, deserve the accolades that they're getting. Uh, but I also think for me, uh, I think it's still a waiting, wait and see as well because of the level of competition that they're going against. I think as that increases, I think, you know, we can make a better judgment. But I think, you know, I, I, I think I'm, I'm neutral when it comes to to what they're doing right now, because I think right. you know, they're playing phenomenal football. Don't get me wrong. And they're beating who, 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 who's coming against them. But I think that uh, I need to see a little more because, again, that last game, when you're putting up those kind of points, you know, you're not getting much <laughs> much pushback at all. Are you buying – it sounds like you're not necessarily buying that the NAIA is comparable or competitive with Division Two, or are you just saying – or are you thinking about just in terms of who they played this year? Just in terms of who they play, I, I think there are some NAIA squads that can definitely compete with some Division twos. Uh Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll never go that far because I think when you, you know, it, it's so many factors that go into coaching, um, obtaining talent, what you do with that talent, um, you know, are, are those factors. But, yeah, just in, in the terms of who they play is where I kind of judge where they are. The other uh... – We'll come back to Langston in a, in a few. The other big uh, performance amongst all, I mean, my God, the number of big performances this past weekend was ridiculous. Um, the Link- Lincoln, Missouri, the quarterback, Zamar Brake, who's a 6'4", 225 freshman from Easton, Pennsylvania. 
he transferred from St. Francis University. So he's like a redshirt freshman. And he set a single game record with 445 passing yards, a single game, tied a single game record for touchdown passes. Uh, Lincoln lost in overtime, but there was a quarter, the third quarter, Jamie, 50 points were put up in the third quarter, 50. And five, five of those seven touchdowns that came in that quarter came from the five-minute mark under. So it's like the last five minutes was a blur of long kickoff returns, an onside kick, long plays. I'm talking 67-yard touchdown passes, an 84-yard touchdown pass, 38-yard touchdown run. I'm talking like you score, boom, onside kick. Okay, next play, boom. It was like I you'd have to run that little reel. You know how you run the reel real fast in the mm-hmm. third quarter? That's what yep. you that's what you want to see. Five of set five of the seven touchdowns scored in the third quarter were at the five minute mark or less. Under five minutes. As much as I love offense, um, I, I want to see at least a touch of defense or attempts at stopping somebody. <laughs> um, that's ridiculous. 50 points in a quarter. <laughs> like it it really does remind me of when you're speeding up the tape <laughs> just to get through yeah. it. That's what that sounds like. Yeah. Um, what What's your take on uh, when you look at the offensive production from the from the weekend? We had uh, you had uh, just to summarize here, you had two quarterbacks that threw five touchdowns or more. Uh, you had five quarterbacks that threw four touchdowns. You had four quarterbacks that threw three touchdowns. And then you had eight quarterbacks that passed for over 300 yards with two of them passing over 400. You're looking at the 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 factor of seven on seven type of football now. Uh, I think as you are seeing the development of the middle, high school, and early collegiate athlete being focused on um, the pass, you're seeing intricate passing games uh, early and often. And as we talked about early on with Albany State, you know, being a throwback to, to yesteryear running the football, you're looking at these quarterbacks now and these offenses really being creative uh, in, in their passing game. And not even necessarily they're going down the field. They're using the pass to substitute for the run, throwing the short passing game and having these athletes on the perimeter be able to run. And it's not even that you're getting 6'2 and 6'3 receivers going out there and just boxing folks, boxing DBs out. No, they're throwing – to, to five, six, and five, seven, you know, scat backs, just being able to take it to the house. So I think you're, you're seeing the value of coaching, um, uh, of offensive coaching, and really rules and defensive rules being, being in place where it's protecting the athlete, but it's also adding to offense and what you can do and what you can't do defensively. So I think there's so many things in, um, included in this offensive surge. But, again, going back to, to really good quarterback play um, in the passing game, I, I think you're seeing some of that on all levels of football. Um, who, who, was your, who was your best showing from the week? Who, who would you give your award for the best showing from, uh, from week number four? Wow. You're, you're ooh, on the spot. 
Um, I would say in so many of these showings, I would give it to the game I called, Deontay Bonney. And what I mean by that was um, just his his ability to be able to run, to lead the offense for Albany State, um, running the option. He ran the football effectively. But along with that, the play-action pass that was predicated on them being able to run and him being able to run the option, he ran it to perfection. It kind of went with what I um, just stated. He was able to go back door and, and, you know, throw the short passing game. But also, Albany State showed the ability to go over the top with their receivers as well. So I think I would give um, him props on, on really an incredible, incredible um, display of balance. But along with that, just him being a, uh, a field general um, um, overall. So that's what I would give him to. That would, that would be one. Um, anybody from a team perspective? I, I I looked at it from a team perspective, and I obviously I went with Langston as my best showing from the week. I, I just, I mean, just you know the the production that I just talked about was ridiculous. Um, another guy that you know individually kind of caught my attention was Anthony Lane uh, from, and I had it. Oh, from. Uh, oh, Where's Lane from? Anthony's from. Is he from? Is he from Lane? I from Lane? Mm-hmm. From is he? He's from Lane. I, I, I know. I, I had mm-hmm. this. I had this written down. Uh, so I feel kind of like, all right, all right, why don't I? Why don't I notice? Um, yeah, he had. He accounted for almost 290 all-purpose yards. Um, six catches for 115 yards receiving with two scores. He returned a kickoff. 91 yards right after Edward Waters had kind of cut it to three in the fourth quarter. So he had 144 kickoff return yards in all. I think he caught a couple of passes, had a rush. So it was like the, the guy was just everywhere for Lane. And, and you know, look, I know, you know, the quarterback uh, for Lane got like offensive player of the week awards, but, but, I, I wanted to shout out uh, Anthony Anthony Evelyn. Excuse me, I, I know what it was. Anthony Evelyn. I want to make sure he's from Lane, so it's not Anthony Lane. It's Anthony Evelyn from Lane, who uh, who put who put up that performance. How about worst showing from the weekend? Who would you who would you say was the who showed team or I, well, I don't know if we want to give players out, but but maybe from a team perspective, who had the worst showing? I'm gonna go um, UAPB. Because I think, yeah, and, and the only reason I say that is because they had a golden opportunity. You know, they've been playing the respect fact, the respect card all some. I mean, you know, for, from the spring all the way up until now. From media and day. No right? one, everyone's forgetting about us. No one giving us our respect. You know, they were going to take their respect. And they had the golden opportunity to knock the champs, quote unquote, off their perch. And gave up the game and not to say that they didn't perform well. It was just a matter of, okay, Hey, um, who was it? Ric Flair, whoever said, Hey, to, to beat the man, you got to beat the man. Well, they had the opportunity to beat the man and, and it didn't happen. So I, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you have to, if you're a champ, you have to take that next step into solidifying that position. And I think, you know, for me, you know, they were one of my, my picks as far as, Okay, they're gonna prove something to the rest of the swag um, that this was no fluke, and go ahead and take that position, you know, to being one of those in, in the upper echelon. 
And right now, you know, looking at a game and a half of, of, of work right now in that respect uh, realm, you know, they're still kind of in the same position. So that would be my, you know, it, not buster, but I guess that would call, you know, be one of those teams that kind of didn't do it for me, um, you know, last week. Um, I'm going to go with Central State. I Central State with the, you know, they have this thing in the NFL called, uh, become real popular, called Scorigami, where mm-hmm. it's like these strange scoring combinations. And and so when you go and see that Miles beat Central State 55-4, to four, and you're saying, wait, four? There's only a couple of ways in which you can give up four points, right? That's like two safeties or two blocked kick. Wait a minute. Is it two block punt returns? No, no. Two block extra points. Mm-hmm. A block a block extra point. So the, the rare block extra point can result in two points. Or you can do what Central State did is you can do one of each. You know what I'm saying? And then it's like, well, we'll do the rare the double combo of a safety and a block extra point. And that's how we, so you gave up to, you, you get a safety. I mean, the most, the oddest combination, but then you get rolled 55 to four. I, well, I guess it did give coach Ruffin something to, um, something to blast the team about <laughs> later on. So I guess it was a good thing um, in, in relation to, to miles, but yeah. How do you do that? <laughs> yeah yeah uh let's make let's uh let's take a second and we uh let me mention the uh bcsn hbcu football players of the week for week four week number four these were games that were played the 23rd through the 26th uh on the two levels and the d1 level the offensive player of the week was felix harper harper of course um with the 16 to 32 for 368, three touchdowns, uh, helping rally Alcorn State from a 19-point second-half deficit to get a win. Uh, And then how about his teammate on the other side getting the defensive player of the week, Kiran Kinsler Jr., who had a game-high 12 tackles, eight solo, two-and-a-half tackles for loss. Uh, He also forced a fumble and had a fumble recovery. So we're talking about those UAPB mistakes coming at uh, the hands of Kinsler and that defense. And then our special teams player of the week was Christopher Andrew Brown of North Carolina A&T State. And uh, Brown had a perfect day kicking. And this is very rare uh, because not too many guys are having perfect days kicking the ball. Uh, He was three for three. Uh, from 39, 25, and 45. <clears throat> and then, Jamie, he was 4-4 on the PATs. So it's like <clears throat> guys just, you know, I, I was going through. Guys are, you know, it's, it's very rare. You get four chances and make four. It used to be automatic. Not anymore. So uh, shout out to those guys. And then the under D1 uh, players of the week, Quarterback Raquan Washington of Langston. <clears throat> we just mentioned some of his numbers uh, a little bit earlier. Uh, Tyrone Fisher, a linebacker 
from Virginia State was the defensive player of the week. Uh, had 11 tackles, two solo, recovered a fumble, which he returned for 77 yards in uh, Virginia State's win. Uh, I think Virginia State won that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, doing a quick little scan here. Uh, yeah, they did. They did. They, Virginia State did win last week, didn't they, Jamie? Oh, no. Check that. They lost uh-huh. to Fittyville State, 2014. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and then uh, there was Tyler Moore, a Fort Valley State defensive back who blocked a field goal, which resulted in a touchdown uh, that put Fort Valley up two scores in, in the fourth quarter, or mid-third quarter, rather. Uh, he also had 11 tackles and two pass breakups, so kind of a combo defensive and special teams. Although, my, you know, my own personal vote, I would have given it to Anthony Evelyn, just my own personal vote. But, but all guys are deserving, definitely. For sure. For sure. All but right. Speak, that Lane program, man, you're yeah. talking about under the radar, but really playing some good ball. Lane, Lane, Lane is coming out of nowhere. Well, let's let's kind of transition as you mentioned that. Let's mention and bring up some of the polls. Um, let's start with the the uh, HBCU Pro Sports uh, media poll um, for week number four, and we'll start in the mid-major rankings. Um, starting down at number ten, uh, you've got Fort Valley State at two and two. Bluefield State is number nine. Uh, Kentucky State is uh, number eight. Their record of two and two. They beat Benedict in the Circle City Classic over the past week. Uh, Fayetteville State is number seven. They moved up a spot with their win over Virginia State. Miles College is six. Moved up a spot. They're two and two. And then you mentioned Lane. Lane College, three and one. They are uh, number five, uh, they got a win over Edward Waters University. Number four is Savannah State, got a win over Morehouse this past weekend. I think it was 29 to 10. Number three is Albany State, Albany State, who dropped actually from two to three, according to the voters. Uh, not really sure how that worked out, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Albany State does have two first place votes um and then Bowie State moved from three to two so a little a little flip of the uh the voting there I guess Bowie State with a what would they beat Livingstone I think it was 50 nothing 49 nothing something like that um so they moved to number two and then number one Langston University the NAIA out of the Sooner Athletic Conference gets Got eight first-place votes. Uh, of course, beat Arkansas Baptist 85-6. to six. They get Lyon College on the road this upcoming Saturday. Any any thoughts or takeaways on the mid-major rankings? Um, it is interesting that Albany State dropped. Um, just, you know, the caliber of opponents they played. And just, you know, that game against Valdosta, if you go back – and kind of analyze it. They what? I think they went into the break seven, seven um, down seven to three. Uh, rainy night in Valdosta. 
Uh, you talk about a bunch of turnovers, but they gave Valdosta all they could handle. Um, so I think um, I don't know, you know, if you can say good loss, but I think it does give you an idea of what that team is. So I think um, they probably shouldn't have dropped. But hey, people have the right to their vote, and and, and I get it. Uh, I also think that um, it, it's interesting just the way everything will shake out in the SIAC in general because you're talking about a few schools that um, in that SIAC West that um, you know Miles. I think you're talking about Lane. You're talking about. Uh, you know, a couple other squads. I think, you know, Central State is falling back to the pack, you know, after early on. Kentucky State still still being able to compete. So I think this poll would do a bunch of, of changing uh, before the year is out just based on, on who's still left to play. Yeah. Um, over in the SIC in the West, Miles Lane and Kentucky State all – with uh, one win in conference, no losses. In the East, Savannah State has two wins. Uh, Albany State with just one. And then Fort Valley has yet to have a conference game credited to them yet. So, yeah, that's how it's looking over in the SIC. Uh, definitely more competitive in the West than I thought it would be, to be honest. I think, definitely. you know, I thought Kentucky State would challenge, but I definitely didn't see – I didn't forecast Lane coming and doing what they're doing. So, uh, and I'll tell you what, Savannah State is an interesting team. Both me and you have called one of their, you know, get their games. And you can see the potential they have, but you can also see that team making a lot of mistakes. So they'll, they won't sneak up on anyone, <laughs> but they're an interesting team to me. They'll either be, <laughs> you know, for me first or, or <laughs> towards the bottom, just based on, you know, what, what's going on with them. But they're, they're a, a, just an interesting squad that I can't really get a beat on just to, just to say they are this or they are that. They won't sneak, on it, sneak up on anybody like they did when they first got back into the conference. But they have the talent, you know, to be able to, to win that division. But, you know, they're mistake prone as well. Well, I think with Savannah State, D'Angelo Durham hasn't broken out yet. He, right. he He's sort of been the focus for a lot of people. He really hasn't had that big, you know, big game, that big super game yet or that string of games yet. But I think it's coming, though. I think it's yeah. coming. And, I, and it just seems like Savannah State is able to pass the ball a lot better than they did a year ago. And that, too, that's a little bit of the growth of Devon Gibbons. Uh, who looks a lot better. And they, they're running a two-quarterback system. So uh, I forgot the other quarterback's name at the moment, but 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 both quarterbacks seem to be passing the ball a lot better this season than in the past. All right, let's go to the major division rankings from the uh, HBCU Pro Sports Media Association. Number 10, Alabama State enters in 2-1. Uh, and one. They weren't ranked last week. Uh, Florida A&M on a bye week, they dropped a week. Uh, they dropped from eight to nine. Norfolk State moves in to number eight. They weren't ranked, but they moved in now at two and two after a win against St. Francis, PA. Uh, they've got a big game upcoming this week. That'll be interesting. Southern from uh, drops from number nine to number seven, even though they won. 
they won against Mississippi Valley State, but they dropped from nine to seven. Uh, Hampton stayed put at six. They had a bye week, so they didn't lose any ground at six. Alcorn State jumped from seven to five, uh, of course, after the win against UAPB. The biggest move occurred from North Carolina a and Go figure this, Jamie. Your beloved Aggies jumped from 10 to 4 <laughs> with a 1-2 and two record. Jamie, you're going to help me understand, break that down for me in a moment. Prairie View moved from 4 to 3. Jackson State stayed put at 2. Alabama A&M stayed put at 1. Uh, all right, Jamie, here's a chance for you to poke out your chest and with that big dog over your shoulder. <laughs> Talk about the Aggies. What what are people the Aggies? How did they jump from ten to four with one win over North Carolina Central? Did people value North Carolina Central that highly? I'm gonna surprise you. I don't think the body of work merits the big jump, only because they didn't have a win yet. Um, but I, I think people put this win um, amongst who 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 the, the teams in the poll. Um, they gave that win uh, a lot of value. And so I think they should be in the top 10. I, I understand that. Now, up that high, maybe not, only because of of, um, of of the amount of wins, just the sheer amount of wins. And really, that team is developing as well. I think you, you have a lot of key pieces, but I don't think necessarily that um, – that they've proven that they pieced enough of that team to say I'm in um, in competition or that I deserve to be ranked amongst those squads. Uh, if you look at all um, Alcorn State, for example, getting beat by Central, but A&T thoroughly beating Central, I think that could be a point um, to 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 make and a point of emphasis for teams. But you you have a lot of squads just within really the same range of, of play. Uh, when you're talking about Southern uh, right now, and that was actually my dark horse pick to win the West, to be honest with you, because I think of, of the ways that they were able to run the football effectively and, you know, and you, and even within their multi, multi-quarterback system um, that they would be able to kind of flourish. And along with, you know, that man, Mr. Lewis coming off the edge, being able to compete with everyone, but, They've been shaky as well. So I think you got a lot of teams within the same, um, you know, same area as far as their question marks. So I don't think necessarily that that A&T deserved to jump that high, but I do believe they should be in the top 10. I think they are amongst um, top 10 in those Division One areas. Yeah, and I, I voted them top 10. I, I didn't vote them as high as four, but yeah, I yeah. voted them into the top 10. All right, let's take a break. We come back. We're going to wrap up the show as we head into week number five and uh, kind of look at some teams that we're bullish and bearish about, as well as tell you our top three games for the upcoming weekend, maybe give you an idea of who we think might be on upset alert or who just might pull out the the big upset and uh, look out for some blowouts. Might be a few blowouts or two coming up. So you're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap. Stay tuned. We'll be back right after these words. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com 
slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. Have you had your Earthblend coffee today? At Earthblend Coffee, we take pride in offering you the very best of beans across the world, blended and roasted to perfection, giving you superior quality and satisfying and flavorful taste. Experience the world in one cup with Earthblend Coffee. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. Hello, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford joined by uh, joined with me on this show, uh, Jamie Walker. I think I said that right. I got the name right, Jamie. So if nothing else, stumbled over the intro, but I got the name right. Um, look, okay, time to debut the BCSN Top Five. We like the we we've kind of figured out a way to drop this thing right about the beginning of October. We like to let the first four weeks of the season drop. Uh, and, and this is a ranking. This is not pollsters. We don't have pollsters. We're not doing polls. You know, when there's enough polls out there, we're part of a poll. Everyone's part of a poll. This is just empirical data. We just put the numbers, your performance, who you played, where you played, when you won, how you won. All of that stuff goes into this. We put it into a little formula, and then we drop out the uh, top five. So here's the first BCSN top five rankings for uh, heading into week number five. So this is through the first four weeks of the season. Let's start with the under D1. Coming in at number five, Bowie State, the Bowie State Bulldogs, the defending uh, under D1 champ from 2019, coming at number five with a record of three and one. Number four, Savannah State. Savannah State also with a record of three and one. Number three, Albany State with a record of three and one coming in uh, based on uh, their performance. So already a pair of SIACs, one CIAA. How about one more SIAC coming in at number two, Lane College. Lane, another three and one. I mean, look, how many three and ones we got there in the top five? Pretty impressive, right? Lane coming in at number three. And number one, Langston. Langston University coming in at number one. Um, <clears throat> Jamie, what's your react to uh, what, what our numbers say and the, the metrics that we have? Well, I mean, I, I, I like it. Um, because again, Langston, you know, ha- has beaten, you know, soundly the people they faced. Um, uh, I also think those three and one records for, um, everyone else, Hey, they're, they're, they're telling, I think you can do a bunch of switching, but amongst the two, I think, um, it's interesting. I think maybe a, a, a favorable state may have something to say 
uh, as well. But hey, right now, I like where, where we're at. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be the most fluid poll to watch because just think who's not in this top five. Miles, like you said, Fayetteville State's not in it. Um, who else? Give me another. Any, anybody else in there that um, – I mean, right know, now, Lane. Kentucky uh, State. Can talk about yeah. Kentucky State's not in it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that does, that that in my mind – are three teams that I like that, you know, where, where will, and and it'll all shake itself out. These teams play each other. So it'll all come out in the wash. So it'll interest, it'll be interesting to see how, um, how the wins and losses shake out. All right. So that's the uh, under D one. How about the D one top five through four weeks of the season? Coming in at number five, Southern University with a record of two and two. Number four, Alcorn State with uh, with also a record of two and two. Number three, Jackson State coming in at number three with a record of three and one. Yeah. Number two is actually Prairie View A&M. With a record of three and one, and number one, Alabama A and M. Your your thoughts? I heard you. I heard oh. you say, "Ooh, and when Jackson State comes in at number three, hey, that, that's what the numbers say. You know, the <laughs> numbers. That's all in the all in the metrics and the data, the data points, as as my friends from another <laughs> show like to say. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if we're dealing with numbers, you know, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. But um. That would be the only surprise that 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 flip flopping between uh, Jackson State and Prairie View uh, would be the only one. In fact, I would beg to say uh, Jackson State is number one in a lot of people's eyes as well, just because of of how they play. But um, I, I I think it's a due to the fluidity of the poll. I think you're 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 in a good spot right now, and I think it would also give some 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 material for, for Jackson state to actually oh, uh, aspire to. <laughs> sure. Sure. But it's funny. You mentioned that about how they play. Let's, let's be realistic. Look at, look at how preview has played mm-hmm. in comparison to how Jackson state has played. I think it's two different. I mean, uh, the talent level. Yes, we, we get, but Jackson state, I mean, they blew out a one and three Tennessee state team, mm-hmm. right? Yep. They lost to an FCS FBS that they should have won. They lost by seven or they won by seven to a D two school. Um, you know, many people thought they should have covered that by a little bit more. And then against FAMU, they only won by one point. I mean, you know, you flip that with what Preview has done. I don't know, you know, the, the X the X factor somebody might say is your level of competition, but you know, Prairie View has, you know, they I think let's see, they they've won all FCS schools, if I'm not mistaken. They haven't played a D2 school yet, have they? I'm kind of looking here at my grid. Uh let's see. They so go back here at Prairie View schedule. Yeah, they won Texas Southern. They lost the Incarnate Word. 
They beat Houston Baptist. They beat Grambling. So they've all, they've had a completely uh, uh, an FCS schedule here. I mean, they have not played a D two, and I bet you anything that's what kind of tweaks the number a certain way. Mm. That now had Jackson State beaten uh, Louisiana Monroe, we're, this is different. I, I firmly yeah. think. I bet you anything, Jackson State might even be number one. Um, I agree. You know, because one, they'd be undefeated, but then they would have gotten some some points for the win. Well, I'll tell you what, even in the midst of this conversation, I, you've made me a believer. You, you, you've changed my mind as far as that, because you're exactly right. I think when you do compare the opponents and, and just the results, you're right. You're right. Um. Yeah, and, and anybody out there watching, look, trust me, I, I did not vote. This is not a vote. Again, this is a, a ranking based on wins, losses, opponents, what classification those opponents are in, where, road wins, losses at home. That All that stuff is factored in into uh, these, uh, these rankings. So it, it kind of – we try to use tangible results – to quantify these rankings, you know, instead of trying to leave it up to the good old eye test, which is, you know, look, the eye test is what it is, right? Um, All right, let's talk about some teams that we're bullish and bear about, Jamie. Let's get a couple in here. Teams that we are bullish about. Who are you bullish about? Give me one and we'll kind of go back and forth here. Who's who's one of the teams that you're bullish about through the first, uh, first quarter of the season? I am bullish about Lane College. I am bullish about those dragons. Um, I think Byron Brown, um, you know, when he came in, he he had a goal, um, you know, coming from Grambling uh, and, and, and just being around that program. And he talked about his philosophy on how he wanted to run his football team, how he wanted to run the football team in general. Uh, he wanted to be versatile offensively. He wanted, you know, to play good defense, wanted to be sound. Um, really in all facets. And right now, that's kind of paying dividends. Uh, they look good. And I remember some days they didn't look very good in the SIAC. And so just that minor improvement alone and just their their ability to be able to score with people, I, um, I'm real bullish on them, real bullish. Um, it's funny you brought them up first because I, I too am bullish on Lane. Uh-huh. That was one of the teams that, I was spotlighting a week ago going into the Edward Waters game. So it was good to see that they went on the road and got a win and didn't disappoint me. Uh, matter of fact, they've, they've had three, actually four, four consecutive road games. That's how they started off their September. And they lost to this Arkansas Pine Bluff at the beginning of the season, 34-16. But then they went on the road to Clark, got a win, uh, got a win at Fort Valley State. They had to come back to win. Then they went down to Jacksonville and got a win. So that's, a, you know, you talk about the numbers and why is lane number two. It, it, those road wins are real important, you know, and, and just that, that, that says something. And so they, they're catching Texas College this upcoming week at home. I don't foresee – look, they should not struggle against Texas College, an NAIA school. They should not. But – uh their their schedule really comes after that because they got a three-week stretch where they play Kentucky State, Miles, and Tuskegee. And so 
if Wayne is for real, that's where they've got to win two of those three games. You know, they, they definitely need this Texas college game, but then they need to win two of the three between Kentucky State, Miles, and Tuskegee. They, they got to win those. And two of those three are on the road. They get Miles at home. Um, I think Miles' game may be even homecoming. If I look at how their schedule plays out, that might be their homecoming on October 16th. So, um, you know, Miles, college, uh, looking, you know, they, they that's the team I'm real bullish about as well. So give me, who's your number two? Um, my um, number two would be Albany State um, that I'm bullish about. Um, again, after calling them, um, calling their game, I can see um, them really being in the thick of things as far as the SIAC East um, is concerned, just because um, they're able able to compete. And I think they have the type of, of game um, that will be uh, competitive with anyone. And, and just the way that is kind of shaping out will kind of go with one of my, you know, not so so bullish um, teams uh, in, in a little bit. But I think Albany State is, is definitely trending in the right direction, real bullish on them. Uh, my number two was Preview. And I think after I had them losing that contest in the State Fair Classic, uh, I think according to my schedule matrix, I might have had them losing uh, the week before that even as well to Houston Baptist. So mm-hmm. Preview has really stepped up to me. I, I wasn't sure. Of, well, one, I did not know Juwan Pass was going to be their quarterback. I did not know Juwan Pass was going to be who he has turned into. And I think that gives me a lot of confidence in this team. And as I've watched them here against UAPB tonight, Jamie, I'm buying. I, I want to put more money into Prairie View A&M, to be honest with you. That's how excited I am about this team and their their opportunity here, especially if they close this win out against uh, – uh, you uh, against UAPB. Don't 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 have to score too many points, you know. Just in case some people had UAPB plus the seven, seven and a half. But I'm just saying, a win's a win, and it's looking real impressive right now. All right, how about some teams that we're not so high about? Some bearish teams, teams that we're bearish on. Bethune <sighs> Cookman. Yeah. Um, I thought they would look a little better, uh, uh, but I think. You're replacing a lot of skill position players um, and moving into a new conference. Uh, I guess it does take some time to get get used to. I thought they would sneak on sneak up on some people, just being that Bethune was always one of those teams in the MEAC that you never saw them coming until the Florida Classic. But <laughs> you never saw them coming, but they would be right there at the end of it. And so I thought they would, you know, and and – you know, if you compare the east, you know, the, the east and west of the SWAT to each other, I thought they would possibly be um, a little further along. But, man, right now it's just not looking good for them. Um, my number one team, Grambling. Um, I'm bearish on Grambling. Uh, I was going to print the shirts up and say, in Fobs, we trust. <laughs> uh, I told you that immediate day. You did. And I have been rewarded with uh, – uh, with uh, 10 points in three games over recent. And really, you add the 16 points against Tennessee State, 
it's been that's 26 points in four games, two shutouts. I I hope the Noah Biden era begins with a bang. Um, it will be tough, no doubt. Um, as I look here, yeah, Grambling, let's see, Grambling, Grambling. Yeah, this week, Alabama AM. Whoo, jeez. Tough, tough going here. These are some, these are some tough dates. I mean, you lose the preview. Now you got Alabama AM, and then you've got Alcorn State. I mean, this is a tough three-game stretch here for uh the G-Men. I'm not feeling too good or confident about them down the stretch. Who's your number two, Jamie? Um, my number two, I really had to go in between a couple of squads. Um, Benedict, I, uh, I think Benedict started out with a bang in uh, just how they looked and, and was looking better. They had that great Thursday, you know, Thursday night contest. Um, I, I forgot who it was. I don't know if it was against them. Edward Waters. Edward yeah. Waters, yeah. Yeah, Edward Waters. Okay. And, and, and just looked the part. Um, I just, they're not there yet. Um, they're just not there yet. And it's not that they haven't, you know, uh, Coach Barry, they, they, it's not that they look horrible. It's just that, um, the way they started and right now they're, they're kind of treading water. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of bearish on them. I'm not, I would beg to even say I'm not as bullish as I once was (laughs) for, for them. Um, and Dell State, I guess would be my two and a half. Um, although, you know, Coach Mill said uh, really has his, his run a phenomenal program. He, he's, you know, that's his alma mater, and he wants to do well with them. Uh, I thought they would be – and, again, the MEAC is hard to kind of predict because they haven't played much of each other, <laughs> you know. So you really can't, you know, you can't really judge uh, what they'll be. But – you know, again, some of those same things um, that have occurred with the Hornets are still occurring as far as, you know, you see some talent there. You see some, you know, what they can be in spots, but really haven't put it together just yet. We'll see. that. It may change my mind as the season goes on. The the tough part about Benedict, right, 2-0, two, uh, got off to a 2-0 start, right? Uh, I called that game where they, where they played Savannah State, Jamie, and – I came away very impressed with them as that game wore on, right? They lose by six to Kentucky State. So there's these are one-score games that they're losing, right? But but this is a brutal stretch because they come out of those two games. They got Fort Valley this week, Miles the following week, and then Albany State. I mean, my God. I mean, I thought Benedict was going to be – the team that might cause somebody some troubles and they still might be, mm-hmm. but like you said, though, I mean, if I could see you, they weren't, they weren't on my list, but I could see, uh, I could see somebody being really bearish. Well, you are. And I, I, I think I could definitely see somebody else being there right along with you for Benedict. Um, my number two team, South Carolina state. Mm. Um, I know they had a bye week I think they had a bye week. Uh, looking it up, yeah, they had a bye week. I'm still mad they lost to New Mexico State. You know, to be honest, I mean they, you, South Carolina State's schedule here. They got Bethune this week, FAMU next week, 
Morgan State the following week. I mean, they've got a, you know, they're playing old MEAC schools heading into the MEAC schedule. I, I don't know that what was troubling for that New Mexico State is how efficient New Mexico State looked when they started that game. Mm-hmm. I was like, where did the Bulldogs defense go? That's what I thought was going to be, you know, in common. It looked so good in week one. And I know it came down to the last possession and the interception. But, man, to go from that to getting beat by Clemson and then losing to New Mexico State, I, I – ooh, now you got a game where it's two winless teams, South Carolina State, Bethune-Cookman. Ne- neither team we thought would be in that role of having to fight for their first win, but here they are, right? Yeah. All right, so uh, that brings us to the part of the segment where we go with our top three games of the weekend. So we'll go one, two, three, Jamie, and kind of alternate our top three games. What's your top game of the weekend? Wow. Um, And I think we already talked about it because – um, the possibility of of this happening, um, uh, of of a buster or somebody busting a bracket, I guess, for lack of a better term, could come up. The Fort Valley Benedict game, uh, we kind of already mentioned it. I think, uh, and that's my upset special. Um, I'm, I'm, and I, I don't know if you call it much of an upset, but I think Benedict comes out in that game. Um, I'm looking forward to that just because of the way both squads are structured. So I like that game. Uh, Okay. So that's your number one. My number one, my number one is the Alabama state FAMU game. Of Um, course it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, the good thing is I, these, each of these teams have played uh, a SWAC East opponent. Each of them have played a Division II team from the SIC, and each of them have played an FBS school. Alabama State is right where they probably should be at two and one. I think FAMU should be three and zero, oh, or conservatively two and one, but they're one and two. So somebody. I mean, this, this win, it helps FAMU get and stay right in the mix. A loss at, a loss at moving to 0-2. I know it's early and there's six more SWAC games, but you tell me the last team, Jamie, that went 0-2 in the SWAC division to start and then found their way back on top. It's such a hard hill to climb uh, because there is going to be a lot of noise around them if they lose this ball game. So – a lot of hype surrounding it. I expect I would I would be shocked if there's not twenty thousand plus at Bragg. Um, Albany State's bringing down their band. Um, FAMU's coming off a bye. I this this got this is going to be a good matchup, man. I I I, I told the boys uh, on the other show twenty seven twenty one is how I saw it, but. Um, I just – I'm really hoping this turns out to be a good defensive struggle. I want to see the Rattlers kind of get right. But Albany uh, – not Albany. Um, Alabama State is not going to be an easy out. Not going to be easy out at all. Okay. All right, let's go to your number two game of the week. 
The Battle of the Bay, Hampton versus Norfolk State. You know, you got Hampton in the poll, um, you know, doing well. And you got this little lost and forgotten squad in Norfolk State, although people have kind of recognized, you know, since um, Dawson Odom's arrived that this team is imp- is improving. So I'm, I'm curious. That's a really good matchup um, just of, of the strengths of both of those teams. And just the, the you know, Hampton seems to be doing well right now. Not really in the thick of the Big South schedule, but, you know, they, they've been winning and, and, and looking better than the years past. And then this new, um, you know, Norfolk State Spartan, you know, upstart squad. I'm curious to see where this game will go. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Okay, my number two, and I just want to make sure I see the settings. Okay. So this is a this is a East versus West showdown in SIAC. Um, I'm talking Savannah State at Kentucky State. That's my number two game that I want to see. Two coaches that I really love talking to back in 2019 at the SIAC Media Day. They were the two coaches that I kept telling people watch out for. Uh, Charlie Jackson at Kentucky State. Watch out for uh, uh, Coach Quinn at Savannah State. Very likable guys. And I could sense with what they wanted to do. There may not, I mean, look, I know Kentucky State will go a game without a pass like they did this past week. (laughs) Savannah State has the capability of going without a pass. Absolutely. I I don't think they will. But, Jamie, you talk about what what would be a what are the odds that we don't get a pass until let's say the second half? What if we don't get a pass at all? That, you know, what are the odds? That's probably long odds, but it's not unlikely, right? I would say better than forty percent. Yeah, I mean because it's very it's possible, and yes. we've seen both of these squads. So yeah, I think it's very possible. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and so. Uh, can Savannah State in the East, Kentucky State in the West? Um, this is a game that who knows, it could be an SIAC championship preview. A lot has to happen for that, but put this one away. This might be one of those games that that we're talking about from uh, back in October, right? Right, okay. Number three, what's your number three game? Miles and Albany State. Miles and Albany State. I don't know if you named it or not, but yeah, Miles and Albany State. Um, That's my number three as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They. 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 You know, Miles is 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 trending upward. You know, after that challenging early schedule, uh, I think now they're in the thick of the SIAC and and getting in their groove, uh, being able to to run the football effectively. Uh, you also got Albany State again. They're doing their their thing as well. Um, you know, on opposite sides of, of the of the uh, conference, but you know, you, they can see each other again easily. <laughs> that I can, you know, can see. So this is definitely a preview uh, to the SIAC championship. Yeah, this is a, a seven Eastern, six Central kickoff. Albany State Miles. Yeah, I definitely think this is a, as much as I want to try to hype up Savannah State and Kentucky State, there's probably more people who think Albany State Miles will be 
the preview. Maybe we have to put that out, put, put that out on the Twitter poll. Which game is more likely a preview for the SIC championship game? But uh, yeah, this this should be a good one, man. This will be. Ooh, I, I didn't even look back at the history on when these two teams played previously, but uh, this should be a good one, man. This should be a good old uh, twelve round knockdown slugfest. There might be blood. Somebody's gonna get cut, and <laughs> it, it it just is a nasty battle. So most definitely, yeah. I look forward to that. Uh, Albany State Miles. All right, so yeah, both we both ended up with uh, the same for our third game. Best chance of an upset? Who you said? Who you just said earlier? Who was your best chance of an upset? Benedict, um, Benedict against Fort Valley, um, because I think they're evenly matched. Now I don't even know who's the favorite going in here. Uh, to be perfectly honest with, you. but I know just because of their record and them trending down, Benedict is kind of not being looked upon as the the you know the the sexiest going in uh, versus Fort uh, versus Fort Valley who. You know, dropped the game, but, you know, dropped that game to lane, but was right in the thick of things and thought of as being, you know, of the upper echelon um, in the conference. So I think Benedict, you know, with their, with, with the way they play defense and, and just, you know, uh, uh, a ball control system, I think they can spring the upset. Um, damn, you know, I – as as bad as it is, I I feel like a sucker for not uh, being able to answer the question. I I came up with the segment, uh, but I can't I can't. When I look at it though, nothing stands out at me though, Jamie. I'm like, I don't know. Is Tuskegee beating Clark at home really an upset? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean Livingstone versus Elizabeth City. Ooh, that there's a. You know, somebody had Warmer. to get a win bowl. <laughs> somebody had to get a win bowl. Um, I mean, you can look at Grambling in at Alabama A and M. Um, let's say that Grambling, you know, they get some good quarterback play, and you know, we've already kind of talked about A um, and M being susceptible for a team to come back. Tuskegee played them well in this in that second half. Hey, you never know. No, I mean that that's a good point, man. Um yeah, I'm looking I'm looking for on the calendar here. Yeah, that's, uh, it's in Grambling, so Yeah, yeah. It's at Grambling. It's an afternoon game. That's three Eastern, two Central on uh, ESPN plus. Woo. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna roll with you on that one. I'm gonna borrow yours. I hate to sound lazy, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with you there. I don't see it happening, but it's you know it's a prognostication. I mean, look, who knows? It could happen. Uh, who's on blowout alert? Who's on blowout alert? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna um, go. Lane. I'm gonna go. Lane. I'm gonna jump in front of you there. I'm gonna go Lane. Lane in Texas College. Texas College. Watch out. You're on blowout alert. Lane can put up points. And I, you know, Texas College has been giving up a lot of points lately. Um, Bowie State <laughs> blowing out Johnson C. Smith. Yeah, wow. That's yeah, a, and it's their homecoming. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> 60, 60 burger coming up. So we could get ugly. Yeah, 60 burger. Um, 
All right. I think Prairie View kicked another field goal. So as we record this coming up on the end of the third quarter, they have a 27 to nine lead. I, I don't know. I don't see much life and excitement and rah-rah coming out of uh, UAPB right now. That, so I, I think this one could be elementary between whoever else and um, them. So, all right. Uh, any final thoughts, Jamie, for, as we, as we get ahead into, are you, are you out covering any games? Are you broadcasting any games this upcoming weekend? I will be doing PA this weekend, actually. Um, Morehouse and Edward Waters. So I will be at Lakewood Stadium um, in Atlanta doing um, doing PA. So you'll hear my – well, others will hear – if you're at the game, you'll hear my voice. <laughs> so well, tell me about being a PA. What What is your style? Are you – are you more of just the call the outcome? I mean, are you get that crowd hype guy? I mean, are you – what's your style as a PA? Wow. Um, I'm a rah-rah guy. I'm a rah-rah guy. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I think people like to have a good time. I was I was just the call-out guy earlier in, in, in my career in PA. But uh, as time has gone on, people want to be entertained as well as informed, so. Even from the PA, Mike, uh, I try to do that. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, that, that'll be a good uh, good game. Hopefully you have a good game on that. All right, Jamie, let the people know how they can find you and, and, uh, and, and follow you. All right. Well, I mean, you'll find me at Coach Work Sports on Twitter. Uh, you can kind of find me anywhere, man. You, you might see me on TV. You may, of course, hear my voice. I'll be, you know, up and down, you know, BCSN <laughs> in a couple of different spots. So, hey, you'll find me in the A, as they say. <laughs> well, well said. Well said. All right. All right, Jamie, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you jumping in. Appreciate your time. Um, hope everyone watching, listening, enjoyed the show. Make sure you download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on your Google and Apple Play Store. Just go search my JBN slash my BCSN. Uh, make sure you're following us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at MyBCSN1. That's the number one. And then if you're listening to us in that audio stream of whatever you're listening to, whether it's Spotify, um, uh, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, go like, subscribe, leave a review, all that good stuff. Share it with a friend. Let somebody know. and then. Hey, we're on the BCSN pod zone as well. So we've got our own podcast feed. We're also part of the BCSN pod zone. So go search BCSN sports rap. So we're in a lot of places and uh, Hey, we appreciate you watching um, and hope you have a good week. Number five, and we'll be back again. Do it. Uh, hopefully I think Drew and I will be doing the live show on Sunday night, six Eastern five central and then we'll come back next week and you know if i can if i can wrestle up jamie or who knows might be another special guest decide to join us next week we'll do that as well so uh jamie again man can't can't thank you enough appreciate you uh for your time all right appreciate you having me as always all right so for jamie walker i'm brian fulford you've been watching the bcsn sports wrap Peace and love. Be safe out there and enjoy the football this upcoming weekend. Follow the Black College Sports Network 
on social media at mybcsn1, the number one, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at mybcsn1. But you're my beast, you're my heart.